Welcome to the new era by Web3 Connect. We're helping you break barriers and build brands in Web3, the next generation of internet. Welcome back, guys. Today we are interviewing Iron Soul, one of the Stoned Ape Crew community managers. Iron has been an active member of the Stone Ape Crew community since before they minted back in November 2021, eventually moving into a moderator role and now is one of the two community managers responsible for overseeing the enterprise that the project has now become. Stoned Ape Crew is one of the blue chip NFTs in the Solana ecosystem right now, minting at less than one soul back in November, but quickly finding themselves with a floor price in the 20s come January and over 75 soul at the time we were recording this episode. Unlike many other NFT projects, Stoned Ape Crew is building an entire brand around their collections, looking to branch off with in real life events, a physical coffee shop, and cannabis lifestyle merchandise. Iron is in a unique position having grown with the Stoned Ape Crew project from the very beginning. So let's get into the interview and hear a little bit more about his story. Alrighty, we have Iron Soul with us here today, the Stoned Ape Crew Community Manager. And I won't get too much into his background because I will pass it over to you, Iron, to share a little bit about yourself. Hi, thanks for having me on today. So my name's Iron Soul. My real name is Andrew. I'm 31 years old and I'm from Ontario, Canada. My background actually is currently in construction and I actually got into Web3 just by actually making pixel art at first. I saw all the NFTs going around and I was in the pixel art. So I started pixelating certain projects and then kind of just got lost in the, the rabbit hole of NFTs and really got myself involved in different projects pretty early on around. Around late October, I found the Stone Apes. I joined the Discord, really started to get to know people, and it just kind of flourished from there. I started off just as a member, became a mod, and now I've moved into, you know, the community manager role over there. And I've loved NFTs and the whole Web3 space in general ever since. Awesome. And so you actually answered one of the questions I was going to bring up, which is how did you land the the community manager role with Stone Ape Crew? So it seems like you were there pre-mint, like from the beginning, and you, and you kind of just evolved organically to where you are now. Yeah, that's exactly how it happened. I was with them since under 100 Discord members, probably around then. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just kind of happened naturally. Like there wasn't, I wasn't a community manager in the past. Um, I just really got to know the team and the community really got to know me because I was in the discord every single day and, you know, it just kind of went from there. So it was a very, very natural thing that happened between us. Love to see it. um, That sort of just organic connection and organic growth of relationships in the space is just love when that happens. Um, You mentioned, so are you, are you still in construction full-time or have you kind of switched over to web three full-time? Uh, So currently I am in construction. My family and myself are getting ready to move actually the end of May. And as soon as we move, I'll be doing Web3 full time. Oh, nice. Very exciting. What sort of led you to that decision? I mean, I'm sure part of it is the financial stability, right? You don't want to give up your full-time job until it sort of makes sense from that perspective. But can you talk a little bit about sort of your thought process in in making that leap to full-time in Web3? Yeah, it was, uh, it was definitely a lot to do with, you know, the whole financials. But, you know, I've had a lot of confidence in the Stoned Apes. I work with them now every single day, and they've basically offered me a full-time position on top of all of the NFT investments that I've made. And I've done pretty well when it comes to the investment side of NFTs, and I've really gotten to know how to look at projects, what to look for, and have done very, very well on that side of the things too. I can't lie to you, it's been nerve-wracking, you know jumping from a full-time job to Web3 space that's completely brand new and I'm going to be doing that full-time. But I look at things as I can always go find another job if something doesn't work out. But I'm really, really, really bullish on what Web3 is building and especially what the Stone Apes are building right now. So I don't doubt it, man. I mean, you mentioned you were with the Stone Apes since what, 100 Discord members? How many are they at right now? Uh, we're at around 70k dude <laughs> that's a different level of conviction to watch that go from 100 to 70k and i mean of course i'm sure to some extent it's botted i don't really know to what extent that's really the case 
but I mean, you've got to watch a project literally go from the ground up to being one of like the blue chips in the entire Solana ecosystem. That's pretty incredible. What do you think propelled it to that kind of stage? Is it the community itself? Because that that takes a different level of conviction to stick around and continue to contribute to that group. Even if you don't know that you're going to make any type of money off of it, it, it seems like it's just the the community vibes. Is that not it? Like, I'm curious if you could talk about that a little more. A hundred percent. Well, first of all, I got to give it up to, you know, our devs over there, PFO, Phil and Matt. Those guys are insane. What they can build and what they do in the space is like none other, you know, everything within our discord, everything within our project has all been built by them. Verification, airdrop system, you know, the staking, the minting, everything they've done themselves. Our artist is incredible. Everything about the core team really jump-started everything, but the community over there is unmatched. Like the reason I was in the Discord every day was because I actually legitimately enjoyed every single person that came in and out of the Discord every day. I've made so many friends through this Discord that I couldn't even imagine making outside of this space. So the community has really, really, really kept me there and made it fun for me beyond money, you know? Without the money involved, I would definitely still be part of this group and would be in the Discord every day just so that I could talk to everyone. Yeah, I love to hear that. That seems to be a pretty common theme across many of the guests that we have recorded our podcast with, that sentiment of community. And I think a lot of people coming into the NFT space haven't really yet found their community, so to speak, and sort of where they feel like they really fit in, where they feel like they're sort of at home and are with like-minded people. And at least from what I've seen, a lot of people have sort of found that here in the Solana ecosystem. I guess all of that rapid growth that Stone Ape Crew has kind of seen from minting back in, what was it, November, and then to now with your floor price at over 75 soul. Can you talk a little bit about how that sort of changed your role as community manager and how that role and your responsibilities have sort of evolved from the very beginning to, you know, less than a hundred discord members to now at, at over 70 K. Yeah, for sure. To be completely honest, obviously, you know, with more members, there comes more issues that I got to deal with, or, you know, scamming was a big thing that I was dealing with for a long time. But for the most part, within the Discord, I just, I don't feel like a lot has changed. I just feel like I'm going in there and vibing the same way that I was vibing before. Obviously, on the back end, I'm doing a lot more, you know, reaching out to projects, going into meetings, discussing, you know, business stuff rather than just going in the Discord and vibing. But when it comes to like the community and being the community manager, I I still feel like I'm just the person that goes in there and people feel okay coming to talk to, which is great because I'm a people person. I love meeting new people i love talking to people so no i think the the position fit me perfectly dude it's it's so cool to hear you say that and i know for me of the discords that i feel the most like involved in it really is like the individuals that i know I can get a positive response from and I'll, I'll feel like they're good vibes no matter when I'm reaching out to them. And it makes you feel so much more welcome. So those little things that you're doing, I mean, I'm, just, I'm sure you've seen it. They add up like a tremendous amount to to making people like feel welcomed and kind of comfortable and like they have a house, they have a home in, in Web3. And like, why would you sell that? You know what I mean? And I'm, I'm sure you have a lot of diamond hand holders for that reason. Otherwise, you don't get to that kind of valuation, you know? And even then, I'm sure you guys aren't done growing. But I did want to ask, because I know you're a big project and there's a lot of responsibilities that you have and the devs have. Like, how big is the team? And can you just describe like the general kind of organizational structure of it? Like even collab managers, project managers, whatever comes to mind. Yeah, we have a pretty decent sized team. You know, we have the two devs. We have two other guys in the core members that are kind of like in charge of Discord, in charge of all of our socials. We have the artist. We have two business developers. We have me as one of the community managers. We also have another community manager who is in charge of that and the alpha. I also deal with all of the DAO stuff. And then we have, I think, seven mods on top of that as well. And a guy doing all of our like merch and branding side of stuff too. So we have a pretty decent sized team. That's expansive. I mean, would you say you guys work well together? Do you guys have like... I don't want to say different structure, I guess different branches within SAC that seem to work like pretty, pretty well for you guys. 
Definitely. I think our core team, they're actually all from Austria. So they actually knew each other personally before they started this. They kind of got together and, and founded it together. So they're obviously super tight. I've been with them since the beginning, so I got really tight with them. And then basically all the mods have been handpicked from members that we've seen from the very beginning who have been there basically from the start. And uh, yeah, you know, everyone else that's brought on is just like a big family. You know, we all get along. We all joke. It's not always just business when we when we have our meetings and stuff, you know. It's, uh, it feels fun, which is crazy to say when it comes to people thinking what a job should be. I was just thinking that myself, like, dare I say you have like a dream job. You literally just talk with your friends and give them opportunities and collabs and you get paid for it. Like, I can't imagine a better job to have, you know, I don't know. I'm stoked for you. That's such an awesome position to be in. Yeah, it's been awesome. I literally couldn't have dreamed this even like a year ago. It's been something I wake up every day and I'm like, I can't believe this is what I'm going to be doing for my job. You know, it just doesn't feel like one. And that's the crazy part. And you're still doing construction. Is that right? Currently. Okay. So I suppose on the days you're not at your construction job, I'm curious what the, like an average day looks like for you from time you log on to the time you're signing off for the day. Is there ever really a time that you're even disconnected from your discord or are you just like, do you feel like you're connected almost like 24 seven of these guys? Uh, every once in a while. Yeah. I have other stuff to do. I have a son and stuff. So, you know, I got to take care of some family members, but other than that, no, I'm on discord pretty much all day, either answering support tickets just vibing in chat, answering questions, answering DMs. I also go on my personal Twitter account a lot and just try and tweet out things and motivational things, whatever. But for the most part, yeah, I'm pretty glued to to Discord unless I have meetings. Yeah, I feel like in this space, the whole sort of FOMO, I don't like to call it that because there's like a negative connotation to that, but it is almost like a, a FOMO mindset in the sense that things are moving so quickly, especially with such an established project like SAC that you kind of have to be tapped in most of the time to keep up with everything. But I know with like the OG Stone Ape Crew collection, there's like four sort of jobs that can be held by the by the apes, like farmer, scientist, business business and artist. And I know that each of those branches, I guess, have their own like Twitter pages or own discords. How does having like so many different components to the project impact the complexity of your role as community manager? That's a great question. So each of those roles have their own DAOs and I'm in charge of each of those DAO wallets when it comes to them wanting to mint things or, you know, they have their own individual like ecosystem inside of our Discord. We actually had votes within each of those DAOs for a leader. And I jump on calls with them every once in a while, get their input. But yeah, it can be a lot sometimes jumping between the regular community within our main chat, trying to get new people on board from outside who come in and ask questions. Then we have a holders chat where you know, I'm in there just vibing with some of the community members, answering questions. And then I got to go into, you know, all of our DAOs as well and make sure that everything's okay in there. If they message me and say, hey, look, we want to put X amount of soul towards this. I got to make sure that I'm available to go mint that stuff. It, it's a lot. It keeps me busy. So, you know, at least I'm not just like sitting around and, and kind of bored. It, it keeps me busy and on my toes. But like I said before, it, it really doesn't feel like a job and I like investing myself. So, you know, getting to see them do that and being involved in that, I think is is a lot of fun as well. Yeah, I mean, there seems to be an entire enterprise being built out around the Stone Ape Crew brand, which is really cool to see because not a lot of projects have sort of gotten to that level where there's really a business behind it all. What would you say is the most challenging part of what you have to do as a as a community manager for such a large and established project? Um, I would say maybe to keep myself as organized as possible. You know, it, it can be, you know, overwhelming at times, especially if I get a lot thrown at me at once from community, DAO, team, outside meetings. So I've really had to, you know, learn different organization skills, especially coming from instruction, the whole like corporate ladder style, like spreadsheets, all that stuff is, is all really new to me. But uh, on my downtime, I spend a lot of time on YouTube and teaching myself all of this stuff. So 
you know, it's gotten better over the, the four months, not perfect, obviously, but that would be probably the toughest part for me personally, at least. Can you touch on the self-teaching stuff in the YouTube that you mentioned? Curious. Yeah, like when I really first got into this, I didn't really know how to make an Excel spreadsheet. So I just YouTube different ways to do algorithms on there and, and add up stuff. So now I have a spreadsheet of all the DAOs and, you know, what their wallets have, how much they spent here, there. And it's all automated now. I've learned all that on my own. Discord was another one that I was fairly new to when I first got into NFTs. And just from YouTube and, and reading articles, I've learned basically everything I know off of that for discord so you know it, it's a space i feel like anyone can really come in and and if they're into it you can learn it dude a hundred percent and that's that's by far the most exciting part to me is like anyone can learn this stuff man anyone can just go into any discord and vibe and make friends and like if you, if you have the the wherewithal to just do a bit of reading and a little bit of learning like you can find a job pretty much wherever you have like genuine interest. And I guess the difference with most people joining any discord and kind of building it from the ground up in you is that you also happen to get lucky that Stone Ape crew did as well as it did to be able to make it a full-time job. But it's, it's just so exciting that that's even available. You know what I mean? I know that you're also in North America, which is rather fortunate in terms of time zones. But you are communicating with people like literally all over the world. I know you said your your dev team was from uh, where again? Austria? Austria. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Can you talk about like how you kind of manage those time zone differences? Because I know, especially as a community manager, there's a lot of communication that needs to be happening constantly, I'm sure. Do you find any difficulties or struggles with that? At times, depending on what's going on in the time frame, it can be difficult. Our community knows that they're in Austria, European time zone. We have a lot of European members as well. But, you know, if I tell them that the devs will be on in the morning and we'll we'll deal with that then, the community is very, very understanding. On the opposite side of that, it's been very beneficial. Like when we first opened up the Discord and, and started doing all this stuff with Stone Date, I actually had access to the Twitter. So when they would go to bed, I was on Twitter liking. So Stone Ape Twitter at the very beginning stages was active 24-7 because when they were sleeping, I was awake. When I was awake, they were sleeping, vice versa. And, uh, you know, it, it was really beneficial to actually have two different time zones because we could hit the whole world and uh, it seemed like we were active 24 hours a day. And you, you also mentioned that the Twitter was open and you sounds like you had a pretty big role in running that. Can you touch on like the branding part of that? I'm, if that was even like in the forefront of your mind when you're on Twitter engaging or just putting out posts or whatever, like were you trying to curate what the SAC brand was trying to become? I'm curious what angle you took for that as well. Um, when it came to that, the core team actually had drafted a bunch of different tweets and then they would just let me know like, hey, maybe around this time you could post this tweet. I basically would go on there and just like chat with people, like posts, engage on posts, you know, comment on people who are commenting on us. We right from the start were very, very engaging on social media and on Discord. And I think that was part of the reason why, you know, the community felt so strongly with us because no matter where they were talking to us, we were answering them and at all times of the day. Oh, and I'm I'm sure that's crucial too. Just like I'll go on TikTok and I'll see these viral posts, and then you'll see like a Wendy's or like a like a Burger King or some comment like below, and it's from the official account doing those things, and it just I don't know. It brings another level of like humanity to to an organization, which it sounds like is what you were going after as well. And it's so crucial to kind of give people reason to I suppose resonate with the Stone Ape Crew sort of brand. So it's cool to hear how you approach that. I am curious about something else. So I know you guys are building at your launch pad, the all token platform. And I'm curious, like, did that affect the community manager role that much? Like, did you have a lot more interaction with these other projects? Was there more on your plate than you had anticipated? Uh, no, actually not too much because there's another guy, Tack or Mark. He's another community manager and he's kind of in charge of like the alpha or whitelist things like that. So when that was introduced, I'm more in charge of basically in our discord and our DAOs. And Mark kind of took on a lot of the responsibility when it came to other projects, you know, coming in and talking to us. So I didn't feel too much of the effects of that. And the devs actually took on a lot of that when it came to the launch pad too. So 
Interesting. Okay, so it sounds like you have a very clearly defined role then in terms of like internal operations. It sounds like was exclusively what you're doing. Is that right? Yeah, for sure. Okay, gotcha. And I think it's so important to set those roles and responsibilities too, because I feel like at least I talk about NFT projects as startups in a sense, because I really do see them as as tech startups in the way that they operate and how early they are in their long-term business plan. And usually in, in tech startups, there is a very fuzzy line between what I'm responsible for and what the person next to me is responsible for, because everybody kind of has their hand in everything, which I'm sure is maybe how it was towards the beginning with Stony crew like when you guys were first getting started but as you scale out like clearly defining those roles is so important so that you're there's really no disruption and you're able to seamlessly operate so that's interesting to hear that you guys are kind of taking that approach i saw that stone ape crew is having an event like an in real life event in amsterdam i think it was are you planning to go and do you have any intel or have you guys shared anything about how that event will sort of be structured we kind of just released uh, a form to kind of get dates of when people would be available and kind of get a grasp on numbers. But yeah, I think it's going to be awesome. We're going to have a lot of people show up. Like I said, we do have a lot of European members, so I know they're going to show up for sure. And then we have a lot of North American members that are like super down for it too. So yeah, I'm going to be there and it's going to be a lot of fun. I don't have too many details to tell you because we're still trying to gather all of our numbers and get an exact date, a venue, things like that, but it's going to be a lot of fun. Very exciting. I hope it's not holders only because I do not have the liquidity to, to buy a Stone Deep right now, but that would be really cool to go to something like that. And actually on that note, Web3 Connect is looking to do something similar. I feel like maybe that will be the meta at one point who knows i don't know but the whole like bringing stuff in real life is just a very foreign concept right now in the space because everything's very digital and obviously with the pandemic more especially but i'm looking forward to see more and more projects doing like bringing people together face to face because that type of human connection just does wonders for like team bonding and community building. So I'm sure that's going to be a really awesome event. Um, I think I also saw somewhere that you guys are planning on opening a coffee shop at some point as well. Or are there any more details on what that will look like? Or is that still in the super infancy stages? We're still in the early stages of that. Our long-term goal is to become like a, a cannabis lifestyle brand. So, you know, we don't want to just have you know cannabis within our nfts we want to actually build out a real life cannabis brand with the sac logo on it uh, so that's our long-term goal obviously with cannabis comes a lot of legalities and there's a lot of stuff going on on the back end that we're wor working really really hard at and uh you know we're, we're gonna make it happen though yeah, I mean, Amsterdam is the obvious choice for that. I guess just to take it back a little bit to when you first got started in the space, I know you started as an active member of the community, then you became a mod and kind of moved into the community manager role. Is that the only role that you've had or have you had like other roles in the past for other projects? Other than one other project, Mechs of Solana, that I was just involved in as like a community member, the Stone Dapes and the role that I'm in currently is the first time that I've ever worked within. Gotcha. Okay. With that said, when you first started being a mod for them, and I guess when you first moved into the community manager role as well, was that kind of like a paid position at the time? Or were you sort of working voluntarily given they were so new, you know, not probably making a lot of revenue at the time, and then eventually sort of moved into a paid role? When I first started doing it, I basically was doing the mod position role, you know, answering questions, so on and so forth. And I actually approached them and asked if they were in need of one. And they said, yeah, that they were going to need one as the Discord grew. And when I first did that, they did pay me initially. And then as the community manager role came up in talks was when we more discussed an actual like salary based payment plan. All right, cool, cool, man. When SAC had first launched, I, I saw a really interesting argument today that NFTs, like in general, are a form of like reverse capitalism in the sense that give us money, we'll promise to do some stuff, we'll promise not to rug you, and then hopefully you don't rug, and hopefully you guys 
build out something interesting that people want to see. Because I wasn't around, I don't think, when SAC started in terms of like, I wasn't even aware of this space. Did they have like a value proposition when they first launched the collection or even when the Discord was first opened? Or did you just kind of hang around for the vibes and then you just saw that they're continuing to build something interesting? I'm curious what happened there. When they first opened, they were ready to go. That's as much as I can really say about that. They had everything already planned, tokenomics already kind of set out. Like they were very, very prepared for what was to come. The devs are builders. They're ready to build. They've built Web2 apps in the past. They just came into a new space knowing that it was new and fresh and they were prepared and ready to take over. And that's basically what they did. Yeah, it's nice to know that I guess they had some kind of like real plan and they had they had some kind of experience as well. Because I'm thinking about any of our listeners who might be interested in like a mod or community manager role. It's really hard to gauge whether or not the devs like actually have everyone's interest at heart. Because I've seen so many mods get basically screwed over when the devs rug and it looks awful on everybody on the leadership team. And I guess I'm just wondering like how the average person can navigate that if you're if you're actively like trying to vet your devs or if you just if you just get like generally like pretty good vibes from them and you just want to continue to contribute like that's a hard thing to kind of piece together for yourself you know oh most definitely you know especially as things have grown to to what they are now and the amount of rugs that are out there you really have to be careful when it comes to the projects that you're willing to work with you really got to dig deep into what they're doing how they're acting but people can play nice and then all of a sudden that changes. So what I can tell people who are trying to get into it is you really just got to kind of go with your gut. And it may be a risk, it may not be, but risks can uh, can bring great rewards. And I was lucky enough to find a project that has done what it's done. But that also stems from the fact that I was there from the beginning, I saw what they were doing, what they wanted to do. I had been on talks, chats with them. I had seen their faces. I knew who they were, their real names, everything like that. So, you know, I felt super comfortable around them. And I I just, I love the community, man. Like at the end of the day, you know, the people that I had found at that point was, was worth it. I wasn't leaving no matter what. That's amazing, dude. <laughs> like so many good things have happened in that regard, especially with devs that ended up not rugging and doing something cool with the brand. And that's just, that's so exciting to me. I'm curious, given the state of the market now, kind of however you see it, one, what do you see like the whole Solana kind of NFT market right now? Immature, kind of maturing, like utility based or just like overinflated, overvalued. And then I'm curious, do you have any clue of like where it could be going next? I suppose I just want to know like what your thoughts are on how the whole space is developing and where you see it going i think that solana based nfts are babies right now i think we're at pretty much the earliest stage you could be at other than the very very beginning but i think that the way that builders have been coming on to solana and the way that solana has been building um providing so much utility and it seems like every month there's some sort of new app new way of doing something and i feel like in a few years that solana nfts are going to be something that we don't even recognize to what it is now like i feel like it's going to be the platform that people come on and and really build stuff and, and create you know what nfts could be in the future and that is something that is hard to fathom but it could be anything from concert tickets to receipts to you name it nfts could could be that so i think we're at very early stages and i'm I'm very very excited to see what else these people that come in and build can do 100 percent, totally totally agree and i think you hear people in this space a lot say we're so early. And I think some people are kind of getting sick of that. Are we really early? Because it, sometimes it feels like we're not because it feels like there's a lot of people here already. But we we really are. I mean, depending on who you who you know, and who you associate with in real life, like I know, in my personal life, almost nobody I know um, is aware of NFTs, the underlying technology of like blockchain, crypto, all that stuff. So to be here defining what that future is going to look like is very, very cool, um, especially seeing the impact 
projects like Stone Ape Crew have had on the space already. So I was doing a little research on you before the before the episode, and I saw your pinned tweet on your Twitter page, and it, it really resonated with me. You talked about how before finding NFTs, you sort of felt kind of stuck, like just working, going home, sleep, repeat, you know, not really having a sense of what your higher purpose or your passion really was. And it resonated with me because I found myself to be in the same place really before finding the the NFT space. And I think a lot of people have, and although I do still work a day job in corporate, I, like many others, really want to build something that not only makes a positive impact on the Solana ecosystem, but also, you know, sort of sets me up to be able to follow my passions and, you know, a full-time career in Web3. So with you planning to very soon move full-time into Web3 from a traditional job, what would be the biggest piece of advice that you would give somebody who is looking to potentially like quit their in real life job and transition into working full-time in Web3? You always have to look out for, you know, what you got going on. If you have a family, house, bills, whatever the case may be. I know that there's a lot of things in life that hold us back. But at the end of the day, you have one life to live and this is your chance. This is a once in a lifetime experience. I think if you're going to take a risk, take it now because you're never going to get another shot like this. It's nerve wracking jumping into it. But I'm also super excited because I don't know what the future is going to bring me. Either way, whether I go find a normal job or if I do this. So why not take the leap and and try and make something more out of my life and actually enjoy doing what I'm doing or wake up every day, work a nine to five or whatever the case may be and and just get by. I just, I want to enjoy my life. I want to live my life and I want to do the things that I love to do. And I feel like we need more people to want to actually love doing what they're doing and less doing something because they have to. Yeah, it's so easy to get caught in that loop. And I know, I feel like most of the world is caught in that loop, man. And if if they were confident that there was a, a way out, that you could not show up for your nine to five every day until pretty much you retire at 65, 70, or maybe even later, depending on how <laughs> horrible inflation gets. Like, I, I know people would jump at the opportunity. But our closing question, we usually ask, do you see yourself staying in the NFT space for a while? I think the answer to that is, unbelievably obvious with you i really want to get a sense though of what's like the core driver behind that for you is it the community is it the fact that you can continue delivering value to your community and to your people what, like what's your take on that yeah i want to bring value to our community i want the people that have trusted us with their their investments to go far i want to see people be able to move on and, and live comfortably and and still come in and enjoy every second of being part of this community but as a solana ecosystem as a whole i just want to see it thrive i want to see it grow you know i want to look back in in 20 30 years and just be like you know i'm one of the the forefront people of what this is today i want to wake up one day and tell my son the reason why you have this is because when i was younger i put in the work to make at least a little bit of this become a reality for you guys. And I don't think we understand what NFTs could really bring to the future. And just Web3 in general is, is going to be huge. And I'm just so happy and honored to be part of the beginning stages of this and to be at least a small building block in what Solana and NFTs in general will be in the future. Dude, I, I think you hit the nail on the head there. And I actually have a lot of gratitude for the people that are spending full time just doing nothing but adding value to the world around them. Like I, I can't imagine a world without those people. So always grateful to have constant builders, man, people that want to see the world a better place, genuinely like people you want to have around in the, in the human race. And uh, I think there's a lot of room for people in the NFT space to become those people as well. So I'm just so excited about the entire space in general. So yeah, man, it was a pleasure having you. Thank you, man. Yeah. Thank you guys so much for having me. This was this was great. When I first came in, I didn't really know what to expect, but you know what you guys are doing is awesome. Talking to Toast a little bit and, and what you guys are building, I think is going to be incredible for Web3. And, uh, you know, just keep your heads down and, and keep going and, and make all your dreams become a reality. Thank you. Appreciate that. Some motivational words there. <laughs> Love that. I think that's a great place to end this off. So thanks again, Iron. Looking forward to seeing what else Stone Ape Crew has in store.
It's clear that Stoned Ape Crew is here to stay, and they've demonstrated that through constant innovation, transparency with their community, and consistency around their brand identity. Don't forget to go follow Iron Soul on Twitter. That's Iron underscore Soul with zeros instead of O's. His handle will be in the show notes. Hearing about the Stoned Ape Crew brand got Noland and I thinking about the concept of personal branding, how your online presence influences how others perceive you, and what NFT projects should be considered when building their brands from the very beginning. Stick around if you'd like to hear more, but otherwise, we'll see you guys next time. How is the way that you brand yourself going to generate passive karma and passive respect for you just by leaving your tweets up? So I might not introduce myself in the beginning of every podcast, and people might not know who they're listening to, But if all you know is my Twitter and you go to my Twitter and you see my tweet and my bio and my my banner and my profile picture and you can scroll through who I've interacted with and you can see the threads that I've made or just the thoughts that I've had or whatever, like you're leveraging your output that already exists on Twitter to continue building a brand that people can see all the time pretty much as opposed to a podcast where you you either hear me or you don't talking about myself and my credibility, for example, right? As in like branding, if, if you brand yourself well, or even if you brand yourself poorly, your reputation is going to one, be impacted by that, of course, but two, it'll continue developing as more people see your tweets, even if they're just scrolling through your page out of curiosity to see who you are, mm-hmm. right? Like brand, like my, I guess my main point being like how you brand yourself is going to passively I don't want to say influence, but sh- not shift either. Ah, there's a, there's a word. You know what I'm saying though? It, it'll, it'll passively like impact how people look at you down the line. And it is in how you brand yourself. But my point being like, it is a passive thing where I'm not actively tweeting more stuff. I'm not actively talking to whoever's looking at my Twitter profile, but they can scroll through and see who I am and what I tweet about. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's a really great point because, you know, pre-social media, and right, I'm not dating myself here because I, I grew up with social media as well, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but it was very early Instagram, right? Like, you know, the TikTok, I mean, I guess Twitter, was Twitter even, on, okay, I'm just digging myself into a hole here, but, you know, <laughs> pre-social media, you had a lot more control over how people saw you because how people saw you is just you in person, like Mm -hmm. how you're presenting yourself. But now in this digital space, people can sort of like frame a narrative around how you behave online, but you're really only showing aspects of yourself. Like you're not actively trying to be different, but somebody's only seeing that one facet of how you're portraying yourself online and building their opinion on you based on that. And again, you don't want to like over filter, right? Because I think a lot of people use social media in that sense of like that perfect highlight reel and mm-hmm. over filtering what they're saying or over filtering what they put online, which feels disingenuous. It feels inauthentic. People can it sense is. that. Um, it, right. And people can sense that and it will reflect in how people are interpreting your brand. It's important to be aware that that's a thing, especially in the NFT space, right? Because if we're talking about NFT projects as companies or startups, and these owners are founders of those startups and companies, like everything you say online is there forever and will be interpreted differently by many different people. So if you're conscious about how you're strategizing, like, what do I want to put out there? And, you know, how do I want to talk about things? It just has such a huge implication to yourself, your project, your business, your team, like there's just such a domino effect there. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, one kind of pushback point I have is I think I think you mentioned that pre-social media, your reputation was like how other people like interacted with you. But kind of going past that as well was it was a huge game of telephone where the people you interacted with took away something from that interaction that you had, and maybe they'll tell someone they will tell someone else about not even what you said, but how they felt. And I mean, I feel like a lot of people are starting to learn that as well. You don't exactly remember 
what someone was saying, but how they felt walking away from that conversation. Did they feel like you were someone who had good vibes or were you kind of leeching or were you giving to giving to get kind of thing? And I guess the distinction between that game of telephone, which still gets played today, don't get me wrong. Um, the distinction between that though, and leveraging Twitter or discord, for example, is that you, you can't, I mean, I guess you can, but you can't really edit a Discord message or you can't really edit someone's Twitter profile. Like, it's their profile. It's exactly what they said, when they said it, when mm -hmm. they tweeted it. Yeah, that's a huge difference. That's a good point. Because, I mean, a lot of people have, like, thousands of tweets on their Twitter, though. So, like, who's going to go back and locate it? But you can, right? If somebody's trying to twist your words. or Yeah, people do. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, very important point. I was at um, an in real life event, an NFT Nashville event, because I, I live here in Nashville, amazing city if you've never been here. And I was at an NFT Nashville event maybe about a week ago. And one of the speakers was talking about personal brand. And they said something along the lines of personal branding is the future. And that having a personal brand is, I think what they called it, is like a trust accelerator. Because without, you know, branding around yourself, people won't trust you. They won't believe in you. They won't support your success and want to see you succeed. They won't have any sort of stake in your story because they can't relate to you. So I think they were saying, especially with, um, the Gen Z, Gen X, and millennial generations, but particularly with the older millennials for some reason, like having that personal brand without it, like you will not be as successful as somebody who has that strong foundational personal brand, which I just think is so interesting. I guess I am curious though, like how much of people's online personas are intentional versus just haphazard based off of who they are as people. I'm thinking about like what's kind of the Gary V approach to that too is to just spam content and there has to be a fine line because there's no way that spamming content is going to get you hits guaranteed because at the end of the day like there has to be some curation to that content there has to be some curation to what you say literally I, I don't know how valuable it is to just have an endless stream of consciousness on your twitter feed but at the same time if that stream of consciousness is of value to other people what if that's your brand and one person i think of who just writes awesome write-ups is doombot i think d00m bot but He's, I don't think he intentionally brands himself this way, but every, every post I see from him is like some crazy in-depth write-up about some play-to-earn game that's building things right now. And maybe the floor price doesn't reflect it, but they're trying to do, I think MetaBirds in particular is trying to do like a Flappy Birds kind of game, but on the blockchain in the sense that very accessible, very easy for most people to play and you earn as you play, which is really cool. So think like Candy Crush type of games or Flappy Birds or the, the really, really simple ones um, that you can play kind of from your phone and then earn Solana tokens or Nest token or whatever their their thing is. And it's like, that's Doombot's brand as well. And my the way I see it is the, that's, that's the write-up guy. That's the guy I'm going to read in Cubist Collective or on Twitter whenever I see it because I know that he's going to deliver value. There's so many ways to build your brand, but I think the core of it is that it has to be the most centered, not I don't want to say centered from like a balance, like meditation perspective, but it has to come from like your core. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I mean, that's the authenticity that I think we've been kind of hitting on. But what's interesting, too, is if we if we circle this back to the concept of branding for NFT projects, you know, there's, there's a traditional business branding, and then there's the personal branding. And I almost feel like it's kind of a mix of both when it comes to NFT projects, because you're both branding your team and your team's vision. But that also ties back to the business and the startup. But most of us in this space who are starting projects might not come from an entrepreneurial background. And I'd venture to assume that many of the people who are running these social media pages for projects are either the founders, like I run the Web3 Connect Twitter page. So that's that's me talking. That's almost like my personal brand, but branded with the Web3 Connect logo. Or maybe it's not the founder, it's somebody that they hired to run their social media, but may not have branding and marketing experience because many of the people working in this space are on the younger side. So I guess what I'm getting at is, you know, where do you draw that line of how you want to brand your project versus how you typically brand yourself and who you typically are as a person? Yeah, 
Branding's so cool. I, I wish I understood it more. It's actually, I want to put more time into it. I should be branding my own page a little bit more. I just, I don't know. I have this like aversiveness to, to tweeting certain things because I, I actually don't know. Cause I, and I think that's actually the problem is I don't know what I want my brand to be or like how I want to come off. And to some extent, even thinking about that too much might make it inauthentic. Does that make sense? Yeah, I was just going to say that like your brand is you, like how you're speaking right now is your brand, how you interact in Soul Army or whatever other communities you're part of is your brand. It's just a matter of translating that into your personal social media accounts. Um, And don't you come from like a branding background? You've had some branding experience now. Yeah, I, um, I worked for a small like marketing consulting firm. Basically, yeah, we just took on clients and we like we wrote their email campaigns for them. We coordinated like YouTube videos that were going to come out and like Facebook presence. We tried to make this um like a Discord but on Facebook basically. If you haven't used it or heard of it, just like a community outlet basically for people that are using that product to kind of engage with each other and learn from each other. And in a sense, I wonder if that's actually part of the brand as well as the ability to curate a quality community. I thought that thought never occurred to me actually. Well, I think that that kind of ties back to the quote that that speaker at the NFT Nashville event was saying of brand is a trust accelerator. And by that, I think they meant the community that you can build is all dependent on your brand. Like it, it, branding is such a nebulous concept too. Like there's so much that goes into it, but the type of community that you're curating, the type of people that are in that community, the way they behave, the culture of it is all tying back to your brand. So if you, even if, if you think about it from like a traditional corporate sense is like thinking about like a top five consulting firm, right? They're very established. They have a very established brand, a very well-known culture. Like everybody who's working there knows that there's a sort of corporate culture, whether that be good or bad, but culture and branding almost go hand in hand. And based off of that culture and brand that's being passed down from the firm, from its leadership, the people that they're hiring, the employees are then going to follow suit. So as founders of NFT projects, as the team, you have the ability to curate not only your brand, but have direct implication on the culture of your community, which will have direct implication on your growth and your success. 100%. That's it is exactly for that reason that I found the soul army just so unbelievably interesting. And it, it was the way that General Soul tied the entire army around good vibes. He made stickers out of it, and there was a little write-up on it when I joined the army back, I think it had like 300 people when I joined or something like that. But I, I found myself taking that to heart, and I actually found myself having more enjoyable experiences in my day-to-day life because I started embodying that sort of good vibes mentality. The way I interpreted it was like make people around you feel heard, make them feel listened to, like genuinely take interest in them. And just like, I I think I put a response to someone's tweet, uh, like, how would you describe the culture in five words or less? And I said, good vibes are circular. And to the karma point where it's so cool that the entire culture in the army, and I genuinely believe this, is good vibes. Because of the way that he kind of propagated that good vibes culture from the top down. But not only that, like he, I I remember listening in some voice calls, like it was so obvious that he lived that mentality as well. And that's so powerful when you see him leading by example. You have every reason to think that it's valuable because you respect him. You see him doing something that he's preaching. Why wouldn't you want to do it? You know what I mean? Mm Mm-hmm. 100%. And, you know, not to keep bringing this back to like traditional corporations, but since I have, you know, background experience in that, it's the complete opposite. Like what you're seeing come down from leadership is, and maybe it's, you know, different per company, right? But I'm just making a blanket statement um, based off of large corporations, right? Because smaller businesses are definitely operating a little differently than this. But there's this like virus of toxicity that has been built in to these corporate institutions since their inception that like, I don't know where it came from, but it, it's just kind of carried through since the beginning of time. So the fact that now with, you know, all these different people starting projects and founding startups, like we have the power to change the future culture that we're going to be seeing in the Web3 space. And yes, it's obviously you have more of an impact on your direct project 
project, your team, and your community, but that has implication on the entire ecosystem, at least within Solana, and could potentially you know, spread onto other blockchains depending on what future integration across blockchains looks like. But it's hard to wrap my head around because we don't know what that future is going to look like, but it's just incredible. I wonder if certain projects could come out and say, hey, like you're buying more than just a project, like you're buying into a community where patience or um, like being virtuous or being generous, like is the culture, like any project can just decide to create a culture for themselves. And of course, it takes work to uphold it and to try to integrate it and instill it within the community. That's a whole other challenge. I'm not going to pretend to say it's easy, but the implications are unbelievably tremendous. And to what extent is the value that you get from the group derived from kind of the ideologies of the group as a whole? The more that we push for these things in a healthy and educated way, the more the space can grow overall. Yeah. And I think what you're describing there is almost like core values, right? Like in a hundred percent in a traditional company, you can go on their website and see what their core values are. And every time I look on a company's website and see their core values, I'm like, that's bullshit. Like, I'm sorry, for lack of better words, integrity, honesty, quality, like all of those like buzzwords that these companies throw around and don't actually uphold. So you're 100% right. We have the chance to define those now and actually uphold them, actually integrate them into everything that we do. After this, I'm going to start putting some thought into what I want the Web3 Connect culture to look like, because I already have a really good idea of that, because I've, I've always known I've wanted to build something and I have this sort of vision in my head of, of what that will look like like as like a team. So I just need to sort of put pen to paper on it because I think it's so important to write that down and document it so that you can kind of hold yourself accountable. Yeah, 100%. To that point as well is what if the culture for Web3 Connect is literally like a builder's culture where builders are going to build. This is the place you go where you want to meet other people that are also builders. And to the extent that these people in our in our community take that seriously and start to embody that and see benefits from that, like it's just, it's, it, we have to live it as the founders and the, the mod team and whatnot. That's, that's one. But I just contrast that exactly to what you said in the, in a traditional corporate environment where you could say that those are your values, but when your boss right above you, that's disconnected from the CEO or whoever is at the top level C-suite that wrote those values down. If your personal manager isn't embodying those values, what's your incentive to do the same? You know what I mean? Exactly. And I think that's that sort of toxicity that we see in corporations because there is nobody embodying the values. It's just written down. It's just on the company's website. But nobody is not enforcing isn't the right word, but like leading by example. And that goes back to branding, right? Like that goes back to curating your community through simply by being your authentic self and being communicative about what your mission is, what your goals are, and what core values are defining that. Our generations, like Gen Z and millennials alike, have become sick of what we've sort of seen being curated as far as culture and how people interact with each other and what the expectations are around that in a traditional workplace. So I think many of us have kind of come to the point where we realize that we have that power to create something new. And I think that's what Web3 is showing us too. Like we're here first, we're sort of, you know, making our our mark here. And whether we were here first and somebody comes three, four, five, six months down the line, we all still have an equal shot at building what we want to build and being able to curate exactly how we want to curate it versus feeling like we're sort of stuck in whatever was built by the generations before us. And it, it starts from the top down and it starts from these project owners. And the more, I don't want to say get in the ear, but the more that we can kind of hopefully introduce the idea that branding and culture and building community is a good and sustainable thing for your project, hopefully we'll see more of that. I would love to see more of that across so many different projects. It would, it would change the space on so many levels.
All right. Thank you for listening to The New Era by Web3 Connect. That is everything we had for you guys. Don't forget to follow us over on Twitter at Web3 Connect X. Our personal socials will be linked in the show notes. If there's anybody that you want to hear from, let us know. Hop over to General Chat on Discord and tell us so that we can try to get them on the pod for you. But otherwise, we'll see you guys next week. Thank you.